So we're in Perek Gimel, Pasuk Vav. Bekol derkecha doehu vuhu yiyasher orchosecha. So, first of all, notice that one of them is incumbent upon us. The other one is something that Hashem will do for us. So that's the first uh, observation. The second distinction, which we've already seen many times with the Gon, is the distinction between Der Kecha and Orchosecha. And you remember what the difference between those two is? One is bigger, one is smaller. Very good. A derech is wide. A derech is a, is, is a highway, right? Mm. Whereas a uh, orach is a path. Okay? So, now remember, the, the distinction that Gon always makes is a derech is wide and easy <coughs> to stay on the derech. Right? Whereas an orach is very narrow, not so simple to stay on it. Mm. Or a chayim, or a chayim is based off that, right? Mm. Or is it or a You're talking about the commentary on the yeah. That's or, or the light, the light. Here's orach, the way. So, like that, there's the, the second distinction. Or, or is the wide? No, there is the wide or one, and the narrow one is... Uh, the orch. And that makes sense because basically, in other words, in other words, we're being told, listen, if you, we'll get into the, what I mean, the Ehu exactly, but if you make sure to do the big thing, you make sure, be called the Ehu, and the, in the, in the, in the things that are easier to control, such as the derch, to stay on the derch, that you can control. So that if you do that, then Hashem will straighten out your paths, the paths that are pretty difficult, the paths that are Windy paths, there are narrow paths that are difficult potentially to stay on. Hashem will straighten them out and make it easy for you. Okay, so. Is Archosacha uh, related to Archim? Areach? Is it. No, no, you can. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, okay, so what are these two things? So the Gon says. This is telling us like this. It's telling us there are two parts of the Torah. There's the nigla and the nister, the revealed parts of the Torah and the hidden parts of the Torah. The revealed parts of the Torah are things that more or less every person can grasp and, and make sure to keep and do things correctly. The hidden parts of the Torah are extremely complicated. They're extremely um, narrow and difficult to understand and to stick to. Okay? So we're being told like this. In all your big ways, you should know him, means in the revealed ways of, in the, revealed ways of the Torah. You should, in all the revealed uh, parts of the Torah, you should know Hashem, you should serve Hashem, Lishma, in the doing of all the mitzvahs, and the learning about the mitzvahs, etc. And then the who, Hashem, or He will straighten out all the little tiny windy paths where it may be beyond your ability to recognize what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do. Hashem will make sure that you do everything right. Hashem will protect you. Okay. Now the goal 
brings out a beautiful remez to this from the language of the Ehu and the Hu. Um, so the Ehu, so you, you should know him, obviously, but it's the Hey Vav, this has the go and the lose to Torah Nigla, revealed parts of the Torah. Hey is the numerical value five, that's the Chamesha Chumshi Torah, the five books of Moses. And the Vav, the numerical value, six, six which is the Shisha Sidre Mishnah, the six uh, orders of Mishnahis, which is otherwise abbreviated as. Shas. Shas. Shisha. Shas. Shas. Right. Now, Shas, you can learn Shas to different levels. You can learn Shas by just reading the words of the Mishnahis. You can learn Shas by learning the Gemara. You can learn Shas mm-hmm. by learning the Gemara with all the Rishonim, with all the Achronim, and the Shulchan Aruch and the Nose Caleb. But it's still, you're learning Shas. It's all Nigla. Okay, so that's the entirety of the um, halachic reveal part of the Torah. Now, the word who shares a hey and a vav with the previous word that we just discussed. But there's also an aleph. See that? Who has an aleph. Aleph is, al- is always a language of something that's hidden. The aleph. The letter Aleph doesn't make a noise. Doesn't, there's no revealed way of, of hearing the Aleph read out loud, right? It's not, it's not read out loud. As well as the word Aleph itself is spelled Aleph Lamed Pei. And all the unfortunate point out that it's the same letters, if you just read them backwards, as Pella. Pella is a wonder. It's something that's beyond a person, it's hidden from a person. So Aleph stands for Pella, it's the hidden letter, etc. So th- those are the Sisri Torah, those are the hidden parts of the Torah. So th- th- that's the sum total of the Torah. The Torah is the He, that's the five books of the Torah. The Vav, the Shisha Sidri Mishnah, the Shas. And the Aleph, the hidden depths that are contained within, inside of every seemingly simple Pasuk, inside of every seemingly simple Mishnah or Gemara, there is incredible, endless depths of hidden secrets of the Torah. So that's the word who is the He and above with the Aleph after it, okay? And that, the word who is, speaks to uh, third person, if you want to describe someone who is not here in front of you, you say who. Right? He, in English, is who in Hebrew, right? <clears throat> he, he, she, she, something, like something like that. <laughs> so, who is, why is it a language of third person? Third person is when someone's not here. They're hidden. They're not in front of you. They're not revealed to you. So, when someone's not revealed to you, so then you use the language of who because it has the fact that there's the hey, the vav, and the alf. So it speaks to the hidden parts of the Torah. So that is the bekol der If you know Hashem in all the big ways that you're dealing with, 
in all the revealed ways of the Torah, if you're always intending towards Hashem, you're always mechavan towards Hashem, then who Yasher Chosecha, then he will straighten out those hidden paths, make sure that you don't trip up on something that is beyond your grasp, that is beyond your knowledge. Okay? You've all it. Don't be a wise guy in your own eyes. Do you hear anybody quote this passage in Mishle? Yira es Hashem v'sur meirav. You should rather fear Hashem and turn away from evil. Okay. What's the, what's the um, contrast over here? Not to be a chacham in your eyes, to have all of Hashem, and to remove yourself from evil. So that's the goal. Someone who is a chacham in his own eyes, he says, oh, I know, I understand how this mitzvah works. I understand why this mitzvah is the way it is. I know why we're supposed to do this, we're not supposed to do this. Says the goal. Even Shlomo Melech, who is a Chacham, he called him. Shlomo is talking to you. He says, listen, I am the greatest wise man to ever live. And I thought Shlomo actually made this mistake. Shlomo actually thought that he understood the reasons mm-hmm. for, for certain mitzvahs. And therefore, he thought, since he understands the reasons for the certain mitzvahs, and he knows that those reasons are not applicable to him, then he can go ahead and do those things, even though you're not supposed to do them, because the reason why you're not supposed to do them is not applicable to him, so it's okay for him to do. That was a big mistake. Okay? Those were the two transgressions that Shlomo did, that he married too many wives, and he had, and he brought horses from Egypt, right? He had lots of horses. Okay? So, so, what? He also lost his kingship. That wasn't the mistake he made. That was a consequence. Okay, so... Um, so, the... Uh, so, the contrast to that is, instead of doing that, what should you do? You should be a year of Shemaim. You should be a year Yir Hashem. What does it mean to be a year Hashem? Yir Hashem is someone who understands, like we said many times, the concept of Yira is what? Yosef, you should know this. Awareness? Awareness of what? No, Yira is all. Awareness of what? Respect. Yes! Very good, right? So it's not enough to understand that we're in the presence of Hashem. Well, in the presence of Hashem, good. I'm in the presence of Hashem. I'm in the presence of Misha. He's a very nice guy. I love, love the, the baby pink conjugate. Right? And I'm also in the presence of Hashem. He's so cute, it's unbelievable. Okay. Well, we're trying to define. So you're saying for you, that goes without saying. But the definition is... My children. What? Also, my children. Please look at the Spotify episode. Where, uh, so, but the, the, so the definition of Yira is seeing that that massive 
gulf where Hashem is the perfect one and we are the recipients, we are the lacking, He is the perfect, He is the giver, we are the recipients. If you have that, then you feel that there's no way I can ever fathom the thoughts of Hashem. There's no way I'm ever going to understand what the reasons of mitzvahs are. Therefore, you do what it says. You do the mitzvahs, you do what it says. Yeah, but then why turn from evil? By the Surah Meirah. If you're ready, Yerush Hashem. Thank you for setting me up. Perfect. So, says the Gom. <laughs> There's two things here. The, the Yerush Hashem, the Yerush Hashem is not going to do a virus. So that'll prevent you from doing an Avera. Now, no system is, is uh, bulletproof, is absolutely perfect, right? There's, so sometimes something might slip by. If it does, make sure to do tshuva and remove that evil from yourself. Surmeira, remove yourself from evil by doing tshuva, if it's already happened. So lichat hila, ideally, when you're faced with a situation of a temptation, you don't, by, by putting Hashem in the presence, like Yosef said, putting Hashem here in front of me, and being aware of the greatness of Hashem, the awesomeness of Hashem, that will prevent a person from doing the Avera to begin with. But if, for whatever reason, the Avera did happen, you make sure to do tshuva. That is the, that is the solution. That is the sur meirah. Now, regarding those two things, being a year of Hashem and the sur meirah, the Shomel tells you the incredible results that you're going to have from doing that. Which is, next pasuk, Rifus tihi le echa, a healing it will be to your flesh, v'shikui l'atzmosecha, and a, and a balm to your bones, or salve, whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. So the Gon explains that the difference over here is when you talk about healing, if you think about healing, what are we thinking about? We're thinking about someone has currently something negative. They've got a pain, something is broken, something is negative. Right? Refui does what? Healing does what to that? It removes the difficulty, it removes the breakage, it removes the problem. Okay. Right? Whereas a, uh, some sort of a cream, some sort of a, uh, um, you know, a balm um, that you put on, it improves, it makes, it makes uh, you know, you, you rub it in and now, I don't know, it makes your skin nice, it makes your bones strong, whatever it is, right? So, um, the, 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 so these are the two things one has to do with doing tshuva and the other one has to do with not transgressing in the first place right? the, the, the year as Hashem is to not transgress in the first place right? and the sur, uh, is uh, the um, sur meira is the doing tshuva removing the bad from yourself 
So now when we finished all of the Sumerah, we explained why it doesn't be so good for you. Because it's a healing to your flesh. We'll talk about why it's flesh in a second. So now it's a healing, you're removing the bad. That's the, that's the doing of the tshuva. Yeah? And then whereas the abstaining from doing the bad thing out of Yerushalayim, you have Yerushalayim, therefore you don't do the very to begin with, that will be a balm to your bones, means it will strengthen your bones, it will be a good thing for you. Right, we're okay. reversing the... We're reversing the order, that's what we've said many times, we see that we, sometimes the Torah speaks in A, B, A, B, sometimes the Torah speaks in A, B, B, A, right, so here we're doing, we're talking about first, being Yerushalayim, not doing the Avera, and then followed by, if you did do the Avera, doing Shuva. Now the Pasuk Ches, we're starting off with the other way around. We're starting right away where we left off. If you do Shuva, it's going to be a healing to your flesh. And if you stay away from doing the Avera to begin with, it'll strengthen your bones. Okay, now why are we like making the distinction between flesh and bones? What's that distinction between when we talk about chew, we're talking about flesh, and we're talking about abstaining from doing the affair, we're talking about bones. Because maybe bones can heal, and, but they're not, they're, there's always still some residue from it, where, where flesh is different. Oh, yeah. Because if you break a bone, yeah. you're still going to have issues years yeah, you know it's. I, bro- I broke my, I broke I broke a bunch of bones in my life and. Uh, but when it it's, and it's rainy and so on, you yeah. feel it. Nope. No? I mean, no? What? You could drive out to tell us. Yes. Oh okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so so the goal says that the difference between um, positive commandments and negative commandments. Is described that how many positive commandments are there in the Torah? 248. That's the number of limbs that we have. Ramach Evoru. Number of limbs. Okay. How many negative commandments are there in the Torah? 365. Like the days of the year. Easy to remember. Days of the year. You remember for next time. Okay. So. The uh, so those are 365 gidim sinews that we have in our body. We have 248 limbs and 365 sinews. Sinews, as the gone, is a type of flesh. Okay, it's soft tissue, as opposed to the bones, what comprises the organs. That's, that's the organs. Okay. So now, when a person does tshuva, what they are removing a having violated a losase. They did a avera. They did a, they violated a law. Now they're removing it. So it will be a healing for your flesh, because the flesh here is talking about the the gidim, the sinews, which have to do with negative commandments. Whereas, when a person is... Cha- now, now here's going to be a little bit tricky. You, what we usually expect, when you do a positive mitzvah, it'll strengthen your bones, right? That's what we expect. But here, we're talking about Yerush Hashem. We're talking about abstaining 
from doing an Avera because of the years of Hashem. Uh-huh. It says the goal that's also like a positive commandment. It's not exactly a positive commandment, but it's like a positive commandment. You say, why are we talking about positive commandment? We're talking about abstaining from doing a negative commandment. As the girl, you're right, we're talking about saying we're doing a negative commandment. But, at the time that you're challenged to do the Avera, if you withhold, if you hold yourself back, if you, if you have a, genu- a genuine uh, challenge where you want to do the Avera and you don't do it, you receive for it reward similarly to how you receive reward for positive commandments. Let me clarify what that means. For negative commandments, let's say a negative commandment, the person doesn't currently have any Nisayan. Usually you had dinner, you went home, you had dinner. Okay. So you're not hungry, right? Okay. So are you getting a reward right now, the fact that you're not running to McDonald's down Tui and buying yourself a double decker with cheese? Very fantastic. What? Minimal. None. You're getting zero rewards for it. None whatsoever. Okay? None. Okay? Why? Because negative commandments don't fundamentally carry rewards. This is the morale explains this at length. You mentioned in, uh, in your, your report, before Mars. Oh, okay. One of the drushes. Okay, so, negative commandments don't carry a reward as it's. As you understand, meaning a negative commandment is you're just not doing anything. So you don't get rewarded for not doing anything. Right? You get rewarded for doing something. You say, if you do the following, like just think about between you, know, you and your friend, right? So if Misha will help you know, Yosef move into his new apartment, Yosef will give a gift card to Bonds. Right? But if Misha does not slash Yosef's tires, Yosef will not give Misha anything. Right? Why? Because you don't expect that he's going to be slashing your tires. Why should he be slashing your tires? How often should you give him a gift card for not slashing your tires? Should be every day, should be every five minutes. Right? So. Some of parents live in Russia. They suggest you have to pay insurance. Right. Otherwise, they rob you. Right. So. Right. Okay. So, uh, so, so there is no fundamentally, there is no reward for abstaining from doing negative commandment. However, the Gemara says that if that's only as far as the reward for the etzah mitzvah itself, for the for the for the mitzvah as it is unto itself. But there's another aspect of a reward called lefum sara agra. The reward is in accordance with the difficulty. Where if a person exerts himself, fights with himself, pushes himself to do the will of Hashem, there's a reward for that. And that exists by both positive and negative commandments. So positive, no, no chuvia, no chuvia. Positive commandments is, let's say a person, so I get, you know, conjure up two scenarios. One scenario is, you're anyway already in shul, you will say you were learning there before or whatever, right? Uh-huh. You've got your tefillin with you, everybody else is putting on tefillin, nice climate, you don't mind to roll up your sleeve, right? 
pretty easy to put on the tefillin, right? So you will receive the reward for the etzim mitzvah itself, the innate reward of the positive commandment there is. But <clears throat> the lefum tzara agra, the reward which comes in accordance with the challenge and the difficulty contained within that mitzvah, is going to be minimal to none in that scenario. However, if you came to, you just came to shul, and it's raining cats and dogs, and it's freezing, and it's you don't have a car, you have to walk, and you realize you forgot your phone. And you're like, okay, maybe I should just dive in without my phone. No, no, I'm not going to do that. You turn around, you go back home through the rain, dodging the cats and the dogs, right? Knocking the icicles off your beard to get your tefillin and come back to shul again so that you're going to get both rewards. You're going to get the reward for the positive commandment and you're going to get the reward for the fulfum tzara'ak. Well, it's, it's, it's a different type of reward. It's a different type of reward which is commensurate with the challenge. Now, by negative commandments, you don't have the first one, the, the innate reward of the thing itself, because it's not a mitzvah. You're not doing anything positive. You're just abstaining. But it can, theoretically, depending on the situation, have the lefum tzara agra, the reward lefum in accordance, tzara, with the um, pain or the suffering. Agra is the reward. Oh, there you are. All right, Agarot, very good. Okay, so uh, so that you're gonna have. So says the goal. If you, that's what we're talking about over here, we're talking about if you're you're gonna abstain from doing that avera. Why? What do we say back in post Zion? Why is the person abstaining from doing the avera? Look back in post Zion. No, that's Tshuva. Yeah, you're a Right? Now, if you have to come on to that, it means you have a challenge. It means, not like Misha, where he's nice and satiated with good kosher food, but you're really hungry. And that McDonald's smells so good. Right? Deep fried fries and everything, right? So... And nonetheless, if you don't find that appealing over your own analogy, right, nonetheless, you withhold yourself, so then you're going to get Lefum Taragir, so you're going to get positive reward. In other words, we can think about it, you just strengthened yourself. Think about it like you're in the gym, right? So if you simply don't do anything wrong, okay, so you didn't strengthen yourself, you didn't strengthen your bones by, if you didn't do anything. But let's say you had to prevent something from falling on yourself. You have to support that thing, right? So you got stronger now. Okay, so that's why it described as being a balm for your bones. It strengthens you because we're talking about abstaining because of Yiras Hashem. We're talking about abstaining from doing anything. Okay. Wherever, wherever sure. Okay. Tshuva is what? You did something wrong, but you're removing that bad thing from your flesh. 
right? You you broke you you tore a ligament, and now you remove that problem. You heal that torn ligament through the process of tshuva. So the fumtar akra sometimes comes before tshuva, or fumtar agra is if you, you either one or two options. Either you did a positive commandment, which was difficult. Or you abstained from a violation, which was difficult. But if you gave in, if you gave in and you did the Avera, then there's no Lufum Taragra. Right. No, what I'm saying is, let's say it was a negative. And you stopped yourself from doing it, and then as a result of that, doing it enough, you do Chuva. You don't need to do Chuva. is on something that you did wrong. Chuva, you do Chuva on something you did wrong. If you didn't do the thing wrong, if you withstood the test. But well, that you, stopped you from doing something wrong. That's what I'm saying. No, no, you, you, you know, you're confusing two different issues. Listen, okay. it's two separate things. One, mm-hmm. if Yiras Hashem helps a person to stop himself at the time that he has a temptation to do an Avera, withholds himself. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, if he failed and did the Avera, then he does Tshuva. But if you but if you but if you did but if you were Yira Shamayim, then you don't need to do tshuva because you didn't do anything wrong. Okay. I see. Okay. It's preferable to rely on the feeling of Yira to prevent a negative. Sure. Well, where'd you get Ava from? Oh, oh, oh sorry. Stop. You just get a question. Why? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. This is uh, for sure, Yosef. You can tell them all about it. what's. What is the effective way? Where is Ava strong and where is Yira strong? What, which was good for what? What do you mean in relation to like physical or spiritual? In relation to positive commandments versus negative commandments. Yeah. Yira is for negative, right? Because Ava energizes a person. Ava excites a person, right? So that helps you to do a positive commandment. Okay. But the problem with a person as a taiva to do Naveira is he's already excited anyway. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not the point of, of getting excited, it's the point of getting unexcited. It's the point of kind of scaring, you know, scaring the, the day, living daily side of somebody, right? The, the um, person can have the greatest taiva say for some sort of a Gilu Arias and he can't stop thinking about this woman he's just going crazy just plotting and planning and everything right she's going already there all of a sudden a guy walks up to him in the alley and pulls a gun on him like everything is gone right just Taiva is dead he's just like trembling in his boots that he shouldn't get shot right he forgot about this lady already he doesn't know her name anymore Okay. As opposed to, he walks into his grandmother, uh, he stumbles into her on the way, and he rem- remembers the how much he loves his grandmother or something. Yeah, he just uh, pushed her <laughs> out of the way. Wasn't that uh, Rabbi Tarfan? They wished his Talmud and they should have as much Yira of a person as they have for Yira for Hashem. I mean... That was Rabbi Yochan Benzaki, but I don't, I don't see the connection. No, because he says... There the, point is, there the point is that it's easier to have 
to be intimidated or embarrassed mm -hmm. of someone who's in front of you than somebody who's in the Correct. Here we're not discussing how the year is working or who's in front, who's... We're contrasting Ahava and Yira. I know, but you were saying as far as he has these thoughts about this woman. Right, gone, and then the Yira... And the, the robber, that's now Yira... Yeah, Yira, I don't care how the year is happening. Yeah. I don't care where the year is coming from. The point is Yira, Yira paralyzes. Ahava energizes. So if you're being pushed to do an Avera, you're running around, you're, the engine is going, right? So then you need to find the, what's it called, the shutdown valve, right? Yeah. The, pull, the, pull the plug out, right? That's Yira, Yira you need to paralyze yourself with Yira, okay? Whereas, if we're just being lazy, I don't wanna get out, it's, it's 5.30 in the morning, I'll come a little bit late to 6 a.m. Seder, right? So then, you need you need, to, you need the energy of Ahava to get you up and going. Just think of Joe, and you're gonna, you know. Do we say okay. that you can have Ahava in a vacuum, or do you need to have Ira to lead to Ahava? They, they they do need to work together. They do need to work together. But the question, yeah, it's like two it's like two arms, right? A person with li living missing one arm, he's gonna have a hard time doing anything. But when you do have two arms, you use them differently, right? The, in the one arm you hold the shield, and in the other arm you hold the sword. Two different functions. Okay. Is it, is it not real Ahava unless you have Yura? Maybe. To a certain extent, yeah, everyone has some Yura, but yeah. Okay. Um, let's get back. Let's get back on the on track over here. Geffen, uh, derail us a little bit. It's okay. We love you. We forgive you. Just um, speaking of which, could somebody pass me the shoes? Oh, okay, there. David, could you pass me those two flags over there? Yeah. No, not that one. Yeah, those two. Okay. Everyone knows the rules. This is this is a this is a yellow flag. Okay, see that. Has, and then and afterwards the person gets a red flag. So what happens then? Red flag is you can't play the rest of the game. No, no, no. You gotta leave the field. Yellow flag is warning. Red flag is you gotta leave the field. Take a shower. Hit the showers. Okay, so let's uh, let's try to stay on, on track over here. <laughs> Um, well, welcome to Terasami. That's, uh, that's that's how we do things around here. Okay. Um, Kabe is. There's a reason they named the Russian cola. Downstairs, a lot of guys down there. Thank you, comrade. Okay, Pasek Tess. Oh, um, let's see if we can get going. We're a little bit behind on time. Kabe is Hashem. Mehonicha, honor Hashem from your wealth. Umeirishis kol tvuasecha, and from the and from the first of all of your produce. Is this also going to be the, the two aspects, or is this 
No, no. Okay. Um, says the Gon, there are two parts that people give. I mean, there's, there's two aspects that the Torah ac- expects of us to give. One is the giving of the tithes, separation of the trumas and the mysus, giving from your produce. Second one is giving of charity, giving money to charity to poor people. That doesn't necessarily come from your produce. That could come from your you know, Bitcoin uh, profits. Profits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but why? Why the Russian copy, which is keep it up? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Okay. So give honor to Hashem from your wealth. That means tzedakah. Home is any amount of wealth that a person has. Beautiful midrash. The, the language of home, even though it's with a hay, the hay and the, and, and the ches swap out, which happens in drush, uh, and so there's so the hone, which is a person's wealth, is to be understood chanancha, that uh, the, the that which Hashem has graced you with. So that's your hone. That's everything that you have. Like the pasuk says, mima shechanancha elokecha. The Amar, that's why it uses a language of Kabeid. Umechabdo Hanan Evion. Because the Possek says, and I see later on in Mishle, that, or Umechvodo it might be, Hanan Evion, that from one's honor you give gracious gifts. To the poor person. So it means money is a person's honor. Okay? That's money is a person's honor. So when you give of your money to Hashem, so you're giving honor to Hashem. Now Misha is wondering, what do you mean you give your money to Hashem? You just told me you're giving charity to poor people. Your money belongs to Hashem already. So then you're not doing anything. But you are giving, we're saying you should give, you should honor Hashem with your money, with your wealth. Giving to a poor person is as if you're giving to Hashem. That's because I'll say all over the place, uh, as if you're someone who gives to a poor person, it's as if you're helping out Hashem, so to speak. Meaning, Hashem has to take care of this person. And you're doing it for him, so so to speak, you're you're giving honor to Hashem by ta- by by giving money to this poor person. Whereas whereas uh, the rest of it, Mereshus, um called Vosacha, that's what we're talking about giving the trumas, the maestros. That's going to be given only from your produce. It's going to be given to the Kohanim, to the Levim, but uh, that's. Uh, 
the contrast. He's going to continue actually in Pasuk Yud with this same theme. So we'll probably quickly revisit Pasuk Test next week and then go into Pasuk Yud.